This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Welcome to another episode of Headlines, brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Thursday, April 21st, 2022. Hope everybody is doing well and having a great day. So many articles are trending right now on social media and the various wrestling websites all about professional wrestling. Let's go ahead and let's jump right into it right now. Right now, it's trending on Wrestling Inc. Marco Rivera is writing in, Mike Tyson rains down punches on a passenger during a flight. Now, WWE Hall of Famer and legendary boxing star Mike Tyson made the news today, striking a man in the face several times on a JetBlue plane ride Wednesday night after the man engaged Tyson as the flight was about to reach the airport. Now, according to TMZ Sports, the incident occurred around 10.30 p.m. when Tyson was flying out of San Francisco to Florida. The man, who was beat down by Tyson, told TMZ Sports that the boxing legend took a selfie with him and was initially cool with him and the other passengers. However, Tyson got bothered 
bothered after the man and his friend kept trying to talk to the boxing superstar in the seat in front of them. Sources close to Tyson claimed that the man was extremely intoxicated and kept bothering him and bothering his seat. Tyson apparently had enough of the constant chatter and attack with several punches to the man's face. Smartphone video shows the incident, Tyson throwing blows to the man's head, which got bloodied and the other passengers saw this as well. Tyson was walking off the plane just seconds after that. If you'd like to read more about the Mike Tyson situation that happened on the plane ride, go ahead and check out Marco Rivera, who's writing right now at this hour at Wrestling Inc. All right, let's go ahead and let's talk about some AEW. AEW Dynamite draws lowest audience since mid-February. Very interesting news to find out what is happening with the programming on TBS. Wednesday's live edition of AEW Dynamite drew 900 30,000 viewers on TBS, according to Nielsen versus Showbuzz Daily. Now, this is down 4.8% from last week's episode, which drew 977,000 viewers. This week's Dynamite drew a 0.37 rating in the 18 to 49 demo. This is even with last week's 0.37 rating. This week's 0.37 demo rating represents 483,000 viewers who watched the show in the 18 to 49 demographic. Now, this is down 0.8%. 62% from last week's 486,000 who were falling in the category of 18 to 49 in the 0.37 demo rating which was represented by WrestleNomics. Now, Dynamite ranked number four on Cable's top 150 with a 0.37 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. This is down from last week's, which was ranked number three. Dynamite ranked 35 in viewership last night on all of Cable. This is down from last week's 33 ranking. Now, Wednesday's Dynamite was the least watched episode since February the 16th, but the NBA playoffs obviously had an impact on that number. The key demo viewership was the lowest since the revenue Revolution Go Home episode, which aired on March the 2nd. Wednesday's Dynamite viewership was down 4.8% from last week in the 18 to 49 key demo ratings. Now, if you'd like to read more about the demo ratings and everything that happened as far as statistics on cable, go ahead and check out Mark Middleton. He has all the information over at Wrestling Inc. All right, Marco Rivera is also writing in at this hour. Liv Morgan reveals her Backyard Wrestling special move. When we take a look at Liv Morgan, there's so many things that she's accomplished since she's been in WWE, but during her recent interview with the Cast and Anthony podcast, Liv Morgan talked about her days as a child wrestling in her backyard with her brothers, revealing which two female superstars she would love to impersonate. She said, and I quote, yes, but I don't recommend it. Kids, don't try this at home, Morgan said. We did that stuff, which was makeshift back in our backyard with a ring, and we wouldn't do anything too crazy, but we definitely played around. I was definitely Lita. I played Stephanie McMahon, and I sent a couple of boys home crying. She continued to talk about her backyard wrestling. Liv Morgan revealed that her favorite moves to do. She said, and I quote, my special move was when I wrestled with my brothers is what I would do. The Stephanie McMahon slap, Morgan said. She had this iconic slap down pat when she would do this and when she would hit somebody. It's unmistakable slap, she would say, right across the face. It's a move that I bring to the ring every now and then, but everyone needs a good slap. If you'd like to read more on Liv Morgan and everything she did as she was growing up with her brothers, as it relates to her early backyard wrestling, definitely check out Marco Rivera right now trending on Wrestling Inc. All right, let's continue everything. The next article we have is going to be about Kyle O'Reilly. Danny Wolfsonholm is reporting right now. Kyle O'Reilly named as 
top AEW star he wants a match with. As we all know, he won match against Jungle Boy last night in the qualifier for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Now, AEW wrestler Kyle O'Reilly appeared on Sirius XM Busted Open Radio just hours after he faced before he faced, I'm sorry, Jungle Boy for the AEW tournament qualifier. Now, O'Reilly picked up the win against one half of the AEW tag team champions to officially advance in the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Looking ahead to the future, the former Ring of Honor champion revealed a dream match that he would love to have while he still works for All Elite Wrestling. O'Reilly would say in a quote, a guy I've always wanted to wrestle my entire career is Brian Danielson, O'Reilly said. Broke in in 2005 and at that time was having an epic run with the Ring of World Ring of Honor World Championship. He inspired me to want to get into Ring of Honor one day. He was going over to Japan and making a living as well. So that inspired me. I wanted to follow his path and in his footsteps. He always worked very similar style that I did. He would go ahead and be very intense in the ring. If you'd like to read more about Kyle O'Reilly's dream match with an AEW star named Brian Danielson, definitely go ahead and check out Danny Wolfson-Holmes' article right now that is trending over on Wrestling Inc. Tony Khan's major announcement was making waves last night on social media after he made it. Eric Mutter is writing in at this hour from Wrestling Inc. Following the announcement that AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling are creating a super show called The Forbidden Door, which is going to be this June at the United Center. CEO Tony Khan sat down with Justin Barso of Sports Illustrated to talk about the historic announcement that will be having the two companies clash. Khan reflected on how both companies got to this point and how the idea for the Bidden Door show was so unlikely when AEW first formed in 2019. In a quote, Khan would say, I have been very, very happy. This has been unfathomable to collaborate on a pay-per-view like this when AEW first started. But a lot has changed since in the world of professional wrestling. I believe we've earned their trust. We started working closely together last year. The more we collaborated, the better the relationship has become, and the more we've trust each other and it is built. It's culminating in this huge event, which will be live on pay-per-view, with AEW stars and the stars of New Japan Pro Wrestling colliding in the forbidden door. Now, Tony Khan went on to describe the relationship between AEW and New Japan. It's mutually beneficial for both to have a crossover pay-per-view event. Tony Khan would say, it's mutually beneficial, Khan said. Many of our top stars in AEW have wrestled in New Japan before and held titles there. A lot of the biggest names in New Japan have never been in AEW, and there's a lot of great wrestlers here that would like to be in the ring. We would like to go ahead and wrestle some of their best, the Okadas, the Naitos, the Abushis, and the Tanahashis, and so many more. I'm excited for fans to see matches that they've always wanted to see. Now, in the end, Tony Khan is the happiest for all these types of events because a Forbidden Door can create so many extremely exciting matches that so many fans might not normally see. Tony Khan would close out by saying, this is going to be a very exciting event for wrestling fans, and we're going to open the Forbidden Door together. If you'd like to read more about the big announcement Tony Khan had on Wednesday night's AEW Dynamite, Eric Munner is reporting in at this hour at Wrestling Inc. As we continue, DDP news is trending right now. DDP called WWE star to ask them to stop doing the cutter as their finishing move. Once again, Eric Munner is writing in at this hour. 
On the latest episode of the DDP Snake Pit Podcast, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, told the story of when he started using the diamond cutter, only to find out Triple H was starting to use a cutter as well. This led DDP to call Triple H to ask him not to use the move, which Triple H ultimately agreed to. The diamond cutter was really getting over, DDP said. The diamond cutter was taking me to a different level. You could hit it on anyone out of nowhere. And even though I was only hitting guys who were big name stars and big matches, it still helped propel me. I couldn't get over how amazing it was. So when you see another guy who's using your move, sometimes you have to have a conversation. And as you know, something like that. One night on Raw, I saw it, and everyone still popped. I went ahead and I saw it all. I went home and I watched it and saw how everybody was then now doing it. One night, Triple H hits the cutter out of nowhere and pinned a guy. I was like, no, not him. There's these guys out there. They have the craziest work ethics ever. He, The Rock, and so many others. I'm thinking, man, if he takes that, I've got to give him a call. I've got to pick up the phone. Well, Diamond Dallas Page says he finally went ahead and he talked to him. They were able to work things out, and everything ended up turning out fine in the end. Diamond would finally say, it was customary for one guy to have a move, one guy to have it. Bottom line is, you know, bro, I'm just starting to get the diamond cutter over. It's giving me some serious momentum, and I saw you do it the other night to beat a guy, and I get it. I don't have the right to ask you to stop, but you are so much younger than me. The pedigree is amazing. If you wouldn't use it anymore, I'd really appreciate it, he said. And then it was a done deal. That was the last time Triple H ever used the move. Also, Diamond Dallas Page credits the professionalism of Triple H with how well he was to work with this. If you'd like to read more about this, Eric Mutter is writing in at this hour. Pat McAfee is trending right now. Mark Middleton is writing in at this hour. Pat McAfee reportedly in talks with Amazon for N. NFL gig. WWE commentator and wrestler Pat McAfee, who works on the SmackDown commentating table, is reportedly in talks for another significant contract. Now, McAfee is currently in talks with Amazon to potentially contribute to their NFL Thursday night football coverage, which begins in the fall, according to the New York Post. They have also been in talks about possibly airing the Pat McAfee show on Amazon Prime Video, the weekly talk show sponsored by FanDuel, which currently airs uh, as a YouTube version online via Sirius XM. Now, it was noted that nothing has been finalized, but negotiations are still definitely going on. McAvee would join Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet on the NFL broadcast team. Michaels and Herbstreet were recently hired to call the football games for this fall. McAfee recently noted on his show that he was in talks with Amazon executives before Herbstreet was hired. McAvee said he did not want to be a common commentator in the booth due to the large commitment that it was. Al McAvee signed a massive deal with FanDuel last year worth $30 million per year for four years in an opt-out clause after three. The deal was for the Pat McAfee show was to be described as the richest talent deal in sports media history. The former NFL punter currently calls WWE SmackDown on Fox each week with Michael Cole and has signed a multi-year contract with WWE. He defeated Austin Theory at WrestleMania 38 earlier this month, but then lost the impromptu match against WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon. If you'd like to find out more about what's happening with Pat McAfee and the potential big deal that may be happening between him and the NFL, check out Mark Middleton right now over on Wrestling Inc. Mick Foley is making news today. Mark Matthew Wilkinson is writing in at this hour. During the latest episode of the Dr. Bo Hightower's YouTube 
YouTube channel, McFoley appeared to receive some insane spinal adjustments and shared some stories about his career. Now, the hardcore legend is well known for taking huge bumps throughout his career, which led him to suffering many serious injuries. He recalled the five most painful that he's ever dealt with, starting with him losing his ear. He said, and I quote, well, the most grisly would be the right ear. You can see it doesn't quite look like a left ear. I lost half of that bad boy in Munich, Germany, 28 years ago, he added. That's why I actually went ahead and covered it up. And I also have some cauliflower ear. People just don't get it because I probably had it for so long and then also not had the ear for so long as well. It's not the same injury on the extent it couldn't just be stitched up. In the emergency room, probably five or six times they tried, but despite that, they never were able to go ahead and do that. And I had just never developed too much of the cauliflower ear. When I lost it, that was probably my number one injury. He would go on to say the most painful was a torn abdominal muscle. I was ashamed when I found out that I hadn't just broken my pelvis because that's what it felt like to me. So I don't didn't know at the time that it was a torn abdominal muscle, which can actually end careers in football and hockey because you lose the ability to explode from the midsection. But luckily in wrestling, you can work around injuries such as arms and legs, and we do whatever it takes to continue to work. I did that for many months, but that one hurt for a couple of years, at least two. And the other injuries fully dealt with throughout his career, there was nip, hip, and knee pain, which is chronic for him, which had left him with many walking issues. Fully admitted that he has been told early on that he would suffer a hip problem due to him diving off the ring apron. And a quote Foley said, you know what? My hip was another one of the worst injuries I've had. And I was told early on that virtually jumping off of it was going to continue to aggravate the situation because I was landing directly on concrete. I was going to pay the price at some point. I'll be honest. I had known it was going to be severe. Wow. I probably wouldn't have done that from 2004 to 2017. It was a really bad, difficult injury I dealt with for so many years. If you'd like to read more about the various injuries that Mick Foley says that he experienced during his career, Matthew Wilkinson over at Wrestling Inc. has the story that is trending right now. Danny Wolfson Holman is also writing in this hour about QT Marshall. The AEW star is making headlines today. QT Marshall still talks to Cody Rhodes every single day. Now, AEW wrestler and producer QT Marshall joined Cultaholic Wrestling's Deserted Island Grapes this week on episode 142. Now, Marshall, who is a close and personal associate of Cody Rhodes, spoke about the American Nightmare's return to WWE after leaving All Elite Wrestling. He noted that he still speaks to the former AEW EVP every single day. In a quote, he said, we talk every day, every day, QT revealed. You know what? He doesn't go into full detail of what's going on with him. And I can understand that he's just going out there. But obviously we still communicate. He is the closest thing I've had to a best friend. I guess he's somebody that really went above and beyond for me to open a door. And he'll be the first to tell you that he will open any door. I did a lot of work as well. You do need to do that sometimes, especially when you're in a partnership with somebody. As many people know, QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes work together in the wrestling promotion that they have right now training wrestlers known as the Nightmare Factory, which is in Atlanta, Georgia. If you'd like to read more about QT's relationship with Cody Rhodes, Danny Wilson-Holm is writing in at this hour, and it is a great read. All right, moving on. A lot of interesting news that are happening right now in the world of professional wrestling. And if you enjoy what we are doing each and every day, go ahead and follow me on social media. I'm at Mike, M-I-K-E. 
Freeland, F-R-E-L-A-N-D. So, so exciting. I love bringing this information to you. All right, Marco Rivera is writing in at this hour. Hangman Page responds to Stone Cold Steve Austin comparisons. What's going on here? During a latest episode of Insight with Chris Van Vliet, AEW World Champion, Hangman Adam Page joined the show to talk about his history with Kenny Omega, the one-time AEW match he is most proud of, and why he prefers to keep his private life off of social media. Now, Hangman touched on comparisons between he and famous WWE Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin. In a quote, Page would say, I don't know. That's never my goal, Page said. I can understand how you'd see that, but it was never really my intention or my own goal to imitate anyone. Stone Cold is simply awesome. I think it's a compliment people tell me stuff like that and that I remind them of a certain person. I hope people don't think that that's my intention, that I want to be the next whomever. That's not the case remotely whatsoever. Now, Page also spoke about his past as a backyard wrestler where he actually got the name Adam from. The AEW were champion talked about the shows stage in the backyard for their parents as well it's only me and one other guy named adam whose name i have now adopted page he said we had a rotating cast of classmates who would come to our shows but they weren't reoccurring characters it was largely just me and my other friend adam to make the show obviously you'd have to have certain matches it was me versus him then him versus me we would be in different masks and then him and I in different masks on the same show, wrestling on the trampoline for at least an hour. I was Kid Kryptonite, and I was then Hurricane, inspired me, which was really a poor done job of me being a superhero. I was very bad at beating another kind of superhero. The other one was Blade. I wore a ski mask, and, well, then there was just me. It was just like my parents. My uncle was down the road from us, and he would come and watch the shows. My parents knew when I was in fifth or sixth grade for a Christmas gift each year. We had a trampoline and then we busted the first trampoline. So they went and got us a new one. I then built a wooden wrestling ring apron around it. It was wild. You couldn't bump on the wood. No way. That was way too hard. If you'd like to hear more about not only the people that Hangman Adam Page is compared to or how he gets all of these uh, accolades that he has, Marco Rivera is writing in at this hour on Wrestling Inc. Cruise on over to Wrestling Inc. so you can go ahead and find out more. All right, Satnam Singh. Let's talk a little about Satnam Singh when he has signed with AEW. Now, many people know Satnam Singh debuted a couple of weeks ago on AEW television when the lights went off and then came back on. Fans in the audience were not really sure what was happening because Singh had never been seen before in any of the wrestling promotion. Now, his second appearance garnered great raids, ratings and reviews from wrestling fans. Now, Satnam Singh says he decided to sign with AEW over WWE so that he could be the first Indian wrestler in AEW. AEW signed the former basketball player in September of 2021 after he participated in a WWE Performance Center trial way back in 2017. Singh finally made his in-ring debut this month, attacking World Ring of Honor World Champion, a television champion, Samoa Joe, and aligning himself with Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal. Singh's debut was done to help AEW's growth in India. Now, as we originally reported, it had mixed reviews, but now people are looking at Satnam Singh in a different light. Many people now believe he could be the next big man not only in AEW, but in pro wrestling as well. We are excited to see everything that's going to be happening with Satnam Singh in the future. All right, Eric Mutter is writing in on this hour. More information on Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt changes his name on Twitter and posts a cryptic message. It's unknown what Bray Wyatt's next move in pro wrestling is going to be in the wake of reports of coming out regarding his 
asking price and his upcoming movie. Now, it hasn't stopped the former WWE champion from teasing fans with a potential new direction for when he does happen to resurface in the world of pro wrestling. Earlier today, Bray Wyatt officially changed his Twitter name to a red circle, while also changing a photo of a sketch of a one-eyed creature. He then tweeted the first of what would be several cryptic tweets. In the first, I do think it's true that he who makes a beast of himself gets rid of the pain of being man. Wyatt started by saying. Bray Wyatt then continued with a few more tweets. The second one featuring another drawing of a creature with a snake crawling into its mouth. Wyatt would tweet, um, but if you come the machine, you don't have to feel at all. Hashtag what if. And another one, it's unclear if Wyatt's tweets were referring to a potential in-ring return or a new concept or something else that a project that he's working on. Now, Bray Wyatt hasn't been seen in wrestling since the night after WrestleMania 37, where he was defeated by Randy Orton in a singles match. He was then later released in August of 2021. If you'd like to read more about Bray Wyatt and his cryptic tweaks, head on over to Eric Mutter at Wrestling Inc. for all the information. All right, John Cena praises top star as one of the greatest superstars of all time. Mark Middleton is writing at this hour from Wrestling Inc. Veteran WWE superstar John Cena took to Twitter today to congratulate WWE Raw Tag Team Champion Randy Orton on being in the business for 20 years. Now, as noted before, WWE is celebrating hashtag Orton Week until next Monday, which marks the 20th anniversary of Orton being on WWE TV when he got a win over Hardcore Holly on April 25th, 2022. Now, Cena praised Orton as one of the greatest superstars ever. For 20 years, that Randy Orton has cemented his legacy as one of the greatest WWE superstars ever. I have the utmost respect for every achievement he's earned and continues to earn. My genuine love and admiration for him is that his maturity and growth as a human being. He's too RKO. He is. Cena and Orton have teamed up and faced off multiple times before over the years, and their last TV match saw Cena defeat Orton in 2017 edition of WWE SmackDown, while their last pay-per-view bout came all the way back in Hell in a Cell in 2014, where again Cena defeated Orton inside the cell. If you'd like to find out more about what John Cena had to say about Randy Orton regarding his career and being one of the greatest stars of all time, definitely check out the article that is trending over right now on Wrestling Inc. All right. Bully Ray is trending right now on social media as well. The former ECW TNA star and WWE star has some things to say about Bully Ray's comments on APA's beatdown of public enemy led to some more stiff encounters. Danny Wolfenhelm is writing at this hour. On the latest edition of Stone Cold Steve Austin Broken Skull Sessions on Peacock and WWE Network, Texas Rattlesnake was joined by fellow WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray to discuss his career. Now, Bully, also known as Bubba Ray Dudley in ECW and WWE, talked about the debut with Vince McMahon in 1999 alongside his longtime tag team partner, Devon Dudley. The Dudley boys first appeared to attack the APA, who had been left in a sour taste in their mouth following the public enemy's tenure with the promotion. Just like the public enemy, the Dudleys had arrived from ECW. In a quote, Bubba would say, They tell us we're going to attack APA with two by fours, Bully said. Now we know what happened to public enemy. Public enemy and the APA were doing doing business together. Creative wanted APA to put Public Enemy through their own tables. 
Public Enemy and Sabu did tables long before the Dudleys did. We didn't invent the table spot. We just brought them to the forefront and we made them cool. We learned how to make a buck off of them as well. Public Enemy didn't want to do business about 10 minutes before they go out. So if I got the story straight, they said, we're not going to go through the tables. We're not going to do the job. Speaking of that, Ron Simmons and John Bradshaw Layfield beat the hell out of them. Now we knew we were going to be fed to Ron and John so that we could be tested. And that was it. Dion and I realized that. And we knew what was going to be happening when we first got in. You were going to get tested. You had to earn your stripes and pay your dues in WWE at that time. Whatever you wanted to put into it, the locker room was going to make sure that everyone was okay. But once again, we got the same treatment that Public Enemy did as well. If you'd like to read more about what Bubba Ray Dudley had to say about his encounters with the APA and how they follow in the footsteps of Public Enemy, definitely go ahead and check out Wrestling Inc. at this hour with Danny Wolfson Holm. All right, that's going to do it for all the major headlines that are trending right now. Once again, please support Wrestling Inc. Please support WrestlingInc.co. Go ahead and support all the different wrestling websites that are out there. Support the journalists who are making pro wrestling so fun for all of us to watch. Also, remember, each and every Friday, Front Row Material drops their podcast as well, along with the interview show called Future Stars Now. This is where we talk to all the future stars of the world of pro wrestling before they are making headlines and leading pay-per-views for different companies. And if you'd like to once again follow me on social media, I'm at Mike, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Nothing but love to everyone who continues to listen to the show. I appreciate you more than you'll ever understand. I hope you enjoy this daily podcast of all your wrestling headlines and continue to follow me. That's going to do it. Until tomorrow's episode of Headlines, I'm Mike Freeland. We'll talk to you next time. The world of NLW Radio never stops. 